next few moments that we have left together. Uh, this morning, I've been excited, and my wife, she preached an amazing message. She is through and through the teacher of this house, uh, the mother of this house, Pastor Chrissy, and she preached an amazing word, bringing uh, and dropping essentially a revelation on the blood of Jesus. Uh, through her own experience of recent, she shared of the significance and the attributes that come with the blood, the, the need and the health that's found in the blood, the life that is found in the blood. And we could say that today and even throughout our 365, 24-7 lifestyle as Christians, we focus on the cross and we focus on the blood and we probably should and will talk more about the blood of Jesus because if we don't know about the blood, we don't really know anything. Everything is found in the blood. But today is a specific, it's a significant, it's, it's a dynamic day because as I said, often we focus on the cross but the truth is, the foundation, the faith, everything we believe in hangs in the balance of the resurrection. The very fact that Jesus rose from the dead is the culmination. It's the, it's the identifier. It's the full stop in our faith stance that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came, that he lived, that he died, that he was buried, but then he rose again. I want to preach you a message this morning, and I'm going to try and contain myself because they've told me to stand in a certain spot, but I feel excited. I can feel the anointing in this room as I hope you can in your lounge room. But I want to preach you a message called, I have seen the Lord. Why don't you look to your kids right now and as you're telling them to be quiet and sit down and put the Easter eggs away, say, I have seen the Lord. One more time, I have seen the Lord. We're going to read right now from John chapter 20. It will come up uh, below me in your screen there. John chapter 20, verses 1 through to 18. I love the, the gospel of John because it is an, uh, an eyewitness statement. It's a key identifier. If you're looking for someone who was there, who has seen the events, this is uh, the go-to gospel for Easter. They're all just as powerful as each other, but I love that John was there in the midst. So he's writing from a, a, a face value of him being there. The scripture begins in verse 20, verse 1. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been rolled away or removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, be it John, the one that Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter went to the other disciple, or Peter and the other disciple, they started to run for the tomb. Uh, but the other disciple outran Peter, and he reached the tomb first. In verse 5, he bent over and he looked into and saw the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came and he went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips lying there as well as the cloth that was wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, but it was separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside and he saw and believed. Let me say that again. He saw and believed. In brackets, my Bible says in verse 9, they still did not understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now verse 11 and interestingly enough, my Bible, the NIV, tells me that Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Verse 11, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over looking into the tomb and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. Jesus asked her, woman, why are you crying? 
They have taken my Lord away, she said, with sadness, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus, and he asked her in verse 15, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you were looking for, thinking he was the gardener? She said, sir, if you have carried him away, please tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to Mary, Jesus said, excuse me, Mary, and she turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and to your God. Last scripture, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with this news, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. And she told them all the things that he said to her. This morning as we come into this notion of of Easter, the truth is and the reality is as the lead up to this moment, this picturesque moment, if you will, of Mary Magdalene looking into the tomb and and talking in the narrative of her and Jesus talking together one-on-one intimately with the angelic realm, if you will, there in the the presence It's interesting because only a few moments, maybe even the night before, maybe even hours before, Jesus was well and truly dead in his physical, natural body. Jesus died. He carried the scars to prove it. The soldiers had pierced his side, as we heard on Friday, and and symbolically, as the blood and the water washed out together, it was a clear identifier that Jesus had, yes, passed away, that his body was dead, but now he's alive. Now Jesus is sitting there. He is the resurrected Christ talking to Mary. And as I thought about that fact, how better to bring this narrative to you in the way that I'm seeing it in my head, the emphasis of and the expression that Mary would have felt realizing that as I've used this word over the the morning already, the culmination of all the promises of the prophets or of the law, all the writings that have been through uh, the authors coming through to this particular time, even the the, the, the identifier that Jesus is sitting there is the culmination of everything that Jesus had promised is now come to pass. It is now true. The kingdom of heaven is now at hand, no longer waiting, no longer just a short time away. And I was thinking about this and I thought, how do I portray this expression of of maybe this sensation that Mary was experiencing that Jesus in the form of spirit was there saying, I need to ascend to my father and to your father and to my God and your God. And then This came across my path. Would you have a look at the screen? This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you hold to my words, then you truly are my disciples. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. 
Rabbi, we are sent by John. He asks, he asks if you truly are the one who is to come, the Messiah. Jesus, Jesus, help us, please. My son. Set him down. He's been lame since birth. Please, sir, Take please. Take my hand and have no fear, only believe. Are you he? Rabbi? Go and tell John all that you have seen today. Master. He did not give us an answer. His words were few and cryptic. He barely even looked at us. All he said was, go and tell John what you have seen, as if that would help you. Tell me what you saw. We saw blind eyes opened. The deaf hearing again. Remember this. It is written, and then the lame shall leap as a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. And these, my son, are the signs that will follow the Messiah. He truly is the one. He's reminding me of the words of the prophets. Tell me what you have seen, John said. I know this passage is a little bit past tense for the day that we're celebrating about the resurrection, but as I watched that portrayal, as John was told about the things that Jesus did, there was a, a, a confirmation for John which overrid his state of confinement, uh, uh, of the tension that was going on, the stress that was bringing him to a place of actually second-guessing himself and the interaction that he'd had with Jesus, the Son of God. But I love that when the disciples of John spoke about the things that Jesus had done, it actually brought a confirmation to John. And as I just identified, it caused him uh, peace and serenity and joy, hope is probably the right word, in the future, regardless of his current circumstances. 
And when I think of Mary Magdalene voicing these words as she ran back to the disciples, I would say there was probably an expressive stance similar to John that overrid the, the sadness and the depression and, and the angst. And even the day before, the Saturday represents a Sabbath where there would have been a lot of emotions and questions. But now Mary is running back to the disciples with this, this, this message that Jesus has given her to tell. See, when you have seen the Lord something changes. When you have seen the Lord, your language changes. When you see the Lord, your body language changes. When you see the Lord, your eyes open up. And even if your language doesn't meet up or can, can speak properly of the things that you've seen, your life will change. And that's the hope that we have and the hope that we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday. Mary said, I have seen the Lord. When you've seen the Lord, this is something that you don't keep quiet. It's interesting because Mary ran back to the disciples and she was carrying a very simple message, although it's profound in the kingdom of God and the supernatural. He said, Mary, do not hold on to me, but go to the disciples and tell them that I'm going to my father and to your father and to my God and your God. I believe as Mary came back and as she was running and she declared to the brothers, to the disciples, to the community, I have seen the Lord. What Mary was declaring is Jesus has been resurrected. The promise has been fulfilled. Everything that had been spoken about past tense has now empowered us into the future, the resurrection power, maybe in a different language, but I believe her language of I have seen the Lord would have represented that fact. Jesus is alive. I have seen the Lord, his resurrection power. This Easter Sunday represents a very different Easter Sunday for all of us on this planet. Right now, as I've declared over the last few weeks, we are the second uh, country that is celebrating Easter based on time frames. And as people wake up, they're going to be waking up to all sorts of news. The reality is right now is a hard time for our planet. And we don't have the answers. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, we don't even know uh, if we're going to see a supernatural breakthrough as such from health and the things that are going on. But one thing I know that the resurrection marks and empowers us with is that it empowers us with a God who is saying, although times are hard, I will be there with you in the midst of what you're going through, just as we saw with John. Right now, we could celebrate Easter as a past tense and just pay homage and just think, wow, that's great. But if we aren't actually turning around and walking in the power of the resurrection of Christ, walking in intimacy with Jesus, then all it is is a religious day that we celebrate and we buy a few people Easter eggs. But that's not the truth. And I know that's not what you're doing. What we're doing is we're inviting God into our situations and our circumstances. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us don't know how we're going to pay rent. Some of us are even struggling struggling with the groceries, people are questioning when we have a cough or a cold. I want to tell you, friend, that we have the resurrected Christ living within us in the form of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and He wants to be with you. What I love about Jesus and the Holy Spirit being within us, He doesn't just want to walk with us. He will carry us through this season should we decide to reset and make our life priority about Him. If I were to give you a a bit more of a diagram about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit uh, that is a fulfillment and a promise that came at the resurrection of Christ, I would read this scripture to you. In Ephesians 3.10, excuse me, 6.10, 
the Apostle Paul was writing the church of Ephesus and he used these words. Remember, this is post, this is after the resurrection of Christ. Now the Holy Spirit had been poured out and he said to the church, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and powerful in his might. Be strong. We actually have a choice. Paul is offering. He's saying, hey, you guys have the opportunity to walk in intimacy with God. Be strong. Make a decision. Reset your life. Focus on him and walk in intimacy and allow the power of God to get you through this scenario. Ephesians 6.10 is a strengthening verse for us today. And maybe some of you out there right now need some faith. You need an injection after watching the latest news statistics in the Greek, this word strong that Paul uses is actually endunamo, endunamo, excuse my pronunciation of the Greek. It's actually a compound word. It's made up of two words, one being en, which means in or inside of. The other is dunamis, dunamo is dunamis. The word literally means, uh, it means explosive strength, ability, and power. It's where we get the word dynamite from, thus the word endunamo, or the strong word that we're reading presents a picture of an explosive power that is being deposited in some type of container, vessel, or other form of receptacle or receiver. The very nature of this word means that the, 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 the word strong has to be inside of something that is deposited for the power to come out. I love what Rick Renner, an amazing scholar, wrote in Ephesians 6.10. The verse could be translated to based on the understanding of the power of this word strong. We could translate this scripture to mean be infused with supernatural strength and ability. Be empowered with a special touch of God's strength. Receive the inner strengthening. Ladies and gentlemen, today the reason that we have the empowerment, the reason that we have the strength, the reason we can walk forward in the supernatural is because we have too seen the Lord. I know that there are individuals watching me right now on the camera all over the country, people, friends at Presence Church, you would have at one time heard the Lord call your name, which is probably the reason you've tuned in today. You've made a decision to become a follower of Jesus. Maybe there are people watching right now and you're wondering and you're questioning. I'm going to speak to you in just a moment. There is this, this one word that Jesus says uh, that we need to look at. See, Mary's in there and she's crying. She's speaking to, speaking to the angels. And then she looks over and, and Jesus is there and she thinks he's the gardener and she's sad and she's upset. And I love that Jesus identifies his nature in just this one word. In the place where Mary is hopeless, she, she, she's in angst. She's worrying, where is Jesus? Where is he? Where is he gone? Jesus looks in and he says, Mary. In the way and the voice and the presence and the breath of Jesus is hope, is assurance, is grace, is mercy, is faithfulness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control is all found in that one voice. And in that moment, Mary realized that this was Jesus she was talking to. Friend, I want to tell you today that Jesus is calling your name. And Jesus is reminding us, and if you're looking at me right now through the lens, I want to remind you and maybe challenge you to remind yourself of the time that God called your name. And the reason that we have a Jesus who individually calls our names, he meets us where we're at, is because we have a God that, as I said in the communion, loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Resurrection Sunday is a fulfillment of the promise of God that the kingdom of God will come that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah to be. I think about times where I've seen the Lord in reflection for what's going on in our environments now. 
Again, if we were gathered here in this auditorium, this, my language and the, the concepts may be slightly different. But right now, as I identified before, there are a lot of people struggling in the financial area. But I want to tell you, friend, I have seen the Lord invade financial situations. Right now, you may be wondering about the mortgage, the rent, your property, your buildings, your employers. I've heard of employers uh, having to lay off hundreds of people, uh, having to shut their businesses down and actually being so in anguish about what's going on through a friend of a friend. I want to tell you right now that we have a God that wants to be with you wherever you're at. And that's all possible because of the resurrection of Christ I think of an example even before I was a pastor and I ever stood on this stage as a, uh, certainly as a lead pastor, my beautiful wife and I had just gotten married and there were some discussions around the prepare and enrich process of getting married that I had had an addiction background and I'd spent a lot of time in, uh, in rehabilitation and other uh, means of getting better. And through my addiction, the consequence was that I had a bad credit rating and a credit rating that they said probably wouldn't leave me for a number of years. But in a process of about three months from when we decided to buy a house to the point where we put a deposit down on a property, God did a supernatural work. See, I've seen the Lord when it comes to financial situations. I'm standing in a multi-million dollar building when only a year and a half ago, people, financiers, banks said that you should probably look at other avenues, but I've seen the Lord come through in an impossible situation. And I wanna tell you today, if you would invite Jesus in, if you would invite him into the circumstance, invite him into the scenario, invite him into the budgeting uh, meeting that you're having with your partner, Jesus will help you. He will lead you and guide you. I want to say this, the anointing won't justify silly decisions. The anointing of God won't override. He's a, a God of uh, not forcing himself upon you. Why am I saying this? Jesus talked much about money. 16 of the 38 parables that were concerned or that Jesus spoke on were concerned on how to handle money and possessions. In the Gospels, an amazing one out of every 10 verses, in fact, 288 times in the New Testament, Jesus dealt directly with the subject of money. I'm not saying this so you would give the church more money. I'm saying this because right now in the world, there was pandemic and fear around finances and health. And I wanna tell you, friend, God is with you in this scenario because of the resurrection of Christ. It's empowered him to come and be with you, to carry you if you need, to, to, to just walk along beside you. I can't wait to write a book one day a presence church entitled, I have seen the Lord when we see a supernatural debt reduction or a debt payoff. I just believe it's gonna happen because I've seen him invade so many different areas of financial matters moving along. I have seen the Lord in health. Right now, you might be worried. You might be feeling a little bit fearful. You might be a little bit anxious even about what's going on. I know my wife is every time I leave the house, which is very minimal, uh, and I offer to take my son. She reminds me, Hunter is not going anywhere. Macy is not going anywhere. See, there's this fear and there's this, the, the, this turmoil that's going on within people's hearts, maybe even yours right now as we spoke on the stage just in the middle of the week with Nathan Often the more you look at something, the more it becomes your reality, even if it's not a reality. And I wanna tell you, friend, I've seen God do miracles when it comes to health. In fact, in Matthew chapter 10, verses eight, Jesus said this to his disciples as he was sending them out. He said, as you go, proclaim this message that the kingdom of heaven is near. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. 
that was obviously before the fact of the resurrection. I remember and I saw a, a message that came through from one of my team, a young man might be watching right now, Joseph or Joshua, sorry. And Joshua was a young Colombian man who came Spanish. And as he came into our church and he was part of our young adult community, I was leading young adults at the time, and, and Joshua would come in and we found out one day as he was studying here that he had a big tumor in his brain. The doctor said, you need to go home, you need to get better help over there. And the prognosis wasn't very good. After some time of prayer and fasting as a community, we came together, we got word from Joshua in Colombia that supernaturally the tumor had disappeared. I wanna tell you, friends, I've seen the Lord, I've seen the Lord come in and invade circumstances that when in the natural look impossible, I've stood on this stage and with a man that had a leg about an inch and a half, maybe two inches shorter than the other, complaining of back pains, the first time I ever saw a miracle in my own two hands as I held his legs very cautiously, not to pull, not to provoke, not to manipulate. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, grow. And I watched this foot grow out by an inch and a half, two inches. I want to tell you, friend, I have seen the Lord. This is all possible because our God, Jesus, he is alive. He has sent us the Holy Spirit and it's through us the Holy Spirit works and he is still performing miracles today. Friend, I want to tell you, I've seen the Lord in health. You might say, but Pastor Justin, Jesus spoke, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. That was like, that, that, that was past tense. Now we're talking about the resurrection. Absolutely, friend. He said this to the disciples once again. Just before he ascended to the Father, he said, then Jesus, the scripture says, and then Jesus said to them, Matthew's account, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Hear this, do not miss this, hear this. And he said, surely I am with you always. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Friend, God will never leave you, he'll never forsake you. Whether you're struggling with finances, whether right now the pandemic is just getting to you and your family, flip the script. Remember about the times that you've seen the Lord. Share it with your kids. When you're visiting Nan and Pop or dropping off groceries to your neighbors, use this time, use this day, use this week. Use this pivotal point in history, not just to be religious and just remember and go about the motions, but to actually walk in the power and the dunamis, the explosive power that comes in the name of Jesus through the anointing of the Holy Spirit that will rest on you. The last thought that I have for you is I've seen the Lord. He's a restoring God. God restored his son through torture, through burial. He restored him in the resurrection. Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father. I wanna to speak to someone today. Maybe you've been invited, maybe you've been tricked into being with your family. Maybe you're sitting there in the lounge room. Maybe you're on an iPad by yourself or your phone. Whether it's Easter Sunday right now for you watching this or not, I want to tell you some good news. In receiving this message of the gospel, which is essentially good news that Jesus came and he died to pay the price for your and I sins, which essentially brings us back into right relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. It's God. God is a father. Father in the ancient world represented the supplier. He will give you everything you need to move forward and have a successful life. From finances to the supernatural, he's got your back and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. There was this time just a 
few days before Easter, depending on which gospel you read, and Jesus sits down, he's the teacher, he's the son of God, and he humbles himself and he places a towel around his waist with a bucket of water, and, and as the disciples are around him, his students, Jesus gets low on his hands and knees and he starts to wash their feet and he comes to Peter, a very close friend, uh, one of the, the larger personalities. And he says, Peter, I, I wanna wash your feet. Peter refused the offer. He could not receive such a thing from his rabbi or his teacher. Peter just, Peter thought he should be doing the washing, but Jesus showed his humility, his grace and his mercy in that moment by saying, I need to do this. He actually said, and Jesus reminded him, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. What we see in this today, it's and receiving and believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is the son of God. You believe that he did die, but then rose again. What you're doing is you're inviting him in. You're making a statement that I wanna begin a restoration. I wanna begin a relationship. I wanna walk in intimacy with him. As we close this morning, Jesus paid the price, bringing us back into a position of right standing or righteousness with God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. God's grace and mercy now rests on every one of us. There is something we need to invite you into though. And I just wanna be bold today. I only have a couple of minutes left and I know you might be getting antsy, but I wanna ask you a question and I'm gonna be forward if you were to die today. Tonight, when you hit the pillow, lay down on your pillow and you were to pass away, I wanna ask you, do you have an assurance that you would be in heaven? If you don't have an assurance, friend, I wanna speak to you for just a second. There are three things that we can do to not just go to heaven when we die, but to actually have heaven come to us now, that we can walk in the strength and the, and the dunamis power that I spoke to you about earlier. There's three words that really identify it, keeping it simple this morning. One is we can say sorry. The next one is saying thank you. And the third thought is we can say please. Let me just break that down. Sorry, you have to ask God to forgive you for all the things that you have done wrong and turn away from everything that you know is wrong. You may have heard this term in the Bible, it's called repentance. Essentially, sin is when we have been going one way, but we've been missing the, the mark. It's an archery form. But if right now you're saying sorry for the lifestyle you've led and you wanna make a decision to turn back to Jesus, it's repentance. Next, we, we say thank you. Essentially, we're saying thank you for exactly what this day represents. It represents the resurrection. It represents that Jesus died on the cross to pay a price that we could never pay. We believe that Jesus died for us. And what we're doing is we're thanking him for this offer of this free gift of forgiveness and the freedom of his spirit to come and be with us, connecting us with him again, that we wouldn't just go to heaven when we die, but heaven would come to us now. And thirdly, we invite him and we say, please, God never forces his way into our lives. We need to accept that this is a gift. As we invite him in, he will come and he will live in you by his spirit. If you would like a relationship with God this morning, I wanna invite you. Those are the simple three words. We say, sorry, we say, thank you. And we say, please, if that's you this morning, I wanna pray a prayer. I wanna ask that you would just close your eyes and maybe in your heart, maybe right now in your living room, your bathroom, wherever you are, doesn't matter. God is there. Would you pray these words with me? Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for what this day represents. 
I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me, that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I have seen the Lord. If you've just prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you, invite him in. Take some time to just start to identify areas where you may have just seen God shift a situation and start to give him thanks. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you want to phone a friend. Maybe you want to call a praying nana. Maybe you want to contact us here at Presence Church. You can do that via the phone or via the website or, or any of your local churches, wherever you are on this planet watching this stream.